Hey y'all, I'm Sarah. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Deidre. And this is Scream and Sugar. As Chelsea says, how's everyone doing this morning? Good. Good. So lovely. Such a lovely <laughs> bunch. It's early. It is early. Y'all didn't work last night, so it's late to me. Yes. I'm ready to hear this case. I think you know this one, but you may not know that you know it. Okay. We're going to talk about Katie Coleman. Hmm. I've heard it pronounced Coleman because it's spelled C-O-L-L-M-A-N, but I think it's Coleman. It's just spelled different. Well, she was born August 13th, 1994. We're going to talk about 2005, and she's 10 years old. Oh. Yeah. January 25th of 2005 in Crothersville, Indiana. Uh, At this time, the population was about 1,500 people. So, very small town, mm-hmm. much like ours. It's like 40 miles from Louisville. Oh, okay. So, not too far. Her birth name was Caitlin, but she went by Katie. And on January 25th, she started her day normal. She woke up, she ate breakfast with her family. And then her dad, John, drove her to school. She was described as super happy, friendly, she loved playing outside. She loved her dog named Noel. And she was described as just an all-around good kid. Like she was helping out all the time. All that good stuff. Yeah. And apparently her school was having a pajama party the next day at school. And she was super excited. Mm-hmm. So on the 25th, she gets home from school about 3 o'clock that afternoon. And her dad, John, was still at work. And her mom, Angie, was cooking supper. And... They were running low on toilet paper. And so there's different accounts. Some people say that Angie asked Katie to go to the dollar store. And some people say that Katie knew they were low. So she offered to because she's a good kid. Oh, God. Either way, she says she'll go to the dollar store. And it's only about a block and a half away from the house. And she's gone there before. So it's nothing like out of the norm for her to go by herself. They're a little town. Yeah. Small town. Well, when it took Katie longer than usual to get home, Angie, her mom, she wasn't immediately worried because Katie had a lot of friends that lived on that route to the dollar store. And she was known to stop and talk to her friends and she would stop and talk to pretty much everybody along the way. Sounds like me just stopping at everybody's house on the way. Well, her mom did start calling around the neighborhood, seeing if any seeing if anybody had seen her, and no one had. So she goes out on foot, looks for her, and she can't find her. So around 7.30 that night, about four hours since she left the house for the store, she called the police to report her missing. And by the time the police arrived, roughly 125 locals had already joined in on the search. So she was a very, very loved little girl. The police had a helicopter searching the area, and they had sniffer dogs, and they traced Katie's scent to a nearby train track, and that's as far as her scent led them. Mm -hmm. They didn't get anything after that. The cashier at the dollar store said she did come in the store, and she left with the toilet paper, so she Mm -hmm. made it there and left, 
And she also stopped at a local bank to get a lollipop, which she was known to do. Yeah. Um, A couple living near the dollar store at the Penn Villa apartment complex told the police that Katie had came by to tell them that their dog had been hit near the train tracks. So it makes sense that the sniffer dogs Mm -hmm. caught her scent there because, you know. So they didn't initially issue an Amber Alert because apparently there wasn't any evidence of an abduction. Yeah, and apparently the cutoff for runaways, I don't know if it's still like that now, but back then anyways, it was 10 years old. Yeah, so she just ran away, even though she was getting toilet paper. Yeah, like a 10-year-old? What 10-year-old is going to run away? I mean, I guess it happens, but that's weird. They, uh, they did post missing person flyers, and on these flyers, flyers, <laughs> oh, they uh, described Katie as four foot, six inches tall, chin length, brown hair and brown eyes. And she was last seen wearing a red shirt, black sweatpants, a medium light blue winter coat. And they also mentioned that she had somewhat of a lazy eye. It wasn't anything like real severe, but it was like a noticeable feature for them to look out for. Right. And after two days, they did finally issue an Amber Alert. And witnesses then started coming forward saying that they saw Katie the day she disappeared in a white Ford F-150 that was an older older model but well-maintained. Why wouldn't they have come forward the day she went missing? Well, they didn't issue an Amber Alert. But did they not know about it? It's a small town. I don't know. I mean, you would think, but... Maybe they didn't see the flyers, which is why you should just put an Amber Alert out. So then... Exactly. Everyone knows about that. But if it's a small town like our town, everybody fucking knew about it. Yeah. Witnesses described the man seen driving the truck, and on January 29th, the police released a composite sketch. They described the suspect as between five foot eight and six feet tall, very thin, with brown hair and pale skin, and they said he looked to be about 18 to 20 years old. Oh, hell. Yeah. Creepy sounding. Katie's parents, Angie and John, they released a statement and it said, quote, please do not harm her. We ask that you just drop her off somewhere so that she may return to a family and community that loves her very much and misses her dearly. So they were like, we won't even come after you. Just, you know, yeah, just bring her back. Yeah, bring our baby back, which is sad. Yeah. Um, five days after Katie disappeared, her parents got the call. An Indiana state trooper had found Katie's body in a creek about 19 miles from her house. Mm. Trigger warning. Uh, Katie's hands were tied behind her back, and she had been sexually assaulted and drowned. Oh. Yeah, very, very brutal. Um, not long after Katie's body was discovered, the police arrested a local drug dealer named Charles Hickman. Hickman lived just yards from the dollar store where Katie went that day, and his neighbors described him as an oddball. Apparently, they'd often see him standing in his yard, staring at nothing, and he'd throw parties pretty much like every night. Mm -hmm. Um, Hickman lived very close to the Penn Villa apartments Mm -hmm. where Katie had went to report, to report, to tell that couple that their dog had been hit, and he told police that when Katie was there, she witnessed some methamphetamine activity that he was involved in. And he said he wanted to scare her. So he pretty much 
makes a full confession, but he said he didn't drown her. Well, then later on, he says he may have bumped her and she fell into the creek. Well, then he takes back everything he says, his whole confession about being involved. And he said that it is all true, the whole methamphetamine thing. And he was there. But one of his friends named Jeff was the one that raped and murdered her. And he was just there. He just witnessed all this. Well, police kept investigating because obviously he's no help. Yeah. Because he's, you know, changing his story left and right. And they find a cigarette butt near where Katie was found. And the DNA that they tested, they matched it to semen found on Katie's body. The DNA did not belong to Hickman or his buddy Jeff. Oh, hell. Deidre's eyes just... (laughs) Because, oh, see... This is the thing. First of all, you didn't decided to confess. And then you're like, oh, I may have bumped her. And so she fell in the river. But you, you had your yeah. hands tied behind her back if you did this. So, oh, you bumped her. And now she's drowning. Yeah. And then the DNA didn't even belong to him or, or his buddy. So he's one of those people that just confess for no reason. Yeah. Like, why do you want to go to jail? Also, she's 10. So she saw you doing, like, some methamphetamine activity. Why do you think she'd even know, like, oh, that's meth, and I'm going to yeah, go tell and her, somebody? her dad actually said later on, he was like, she was 10. She doesn't even know what drugs are. Like, we don't have anybody in her in our family that does meth. She doesn't know what that is. So even if she did see something, she wouldn't think anything of it because she doesn't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. I murdered her. Well, no, actually, I just tried to scare her. My friend Jeff did all that. Yeah. And if I was Jeff, I'd have been like, uh... <laughs> the hell, like why excuse you, me yeah oh oh and her her dad later said that he would like to burn those apartments down and build a playground and he did he didn't burn it down but they did tear that down and they built a playground in katie's memory what apartment the pin villa apartments oh um, well where apparently like myth stuff was going on whatever mm-hmm. so the dna belonged to a man named Anthony Ray Stockelman. Hmm. And he was a local man and father of three kids. Wow. Yeah. And he did this to a baby. Yeah. And she was a cute little nugget. She told those people that her their dog got ran over. Mm-hmm. And Stockman got a lollipop. Bless her heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Stockelman pled guilty in exchange for them taking the death penalty off the table. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because they can never, you know, take what they dish out. Mm-hmm. And when he was let out of court, his wife said, why'd you do it, Tony? And that just broke my heart. Yeah. Because, you know, at the beginning, she's like, there's no way he could have done this. Right. Yeah. And then finding out that the father of your three kids mm-hmm. did this to somebody else's kid. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, Stockelman was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus 30 years for the molestation of Katie. And he was sent to, it's either Wabash or Wabash. Yeah, Wabash County. Wabash. Or I thought it was Wabash, but I don't know. I didn't look it up. I didn't care. Um, <laughs> the, uh, what did we say? Wabash? Yeah, Wabash. Okay. <laughs> Wabash Valley Correctional Facility. And at first, apparently, he acted like he didn't care that he was in prison. He's like, you know, this ain't so bad. You know, I can do mm-hmm. this, whatever. Which I don't believe that. Yeah. Because a child molester, yeah. child murderer, they don't do well in prison. Mm-mm. But he acted like it was fine. 
But all of that changed when he found out about a certain inmate. Y'all ain't even ready. Oh. Um, he found out about a certain inmate that was in the same prison and in the same wing of the prison. And it was a man named Jared Harris, who was a cousin to Katie. Oh, what was he in prison for? He was in prison for burglary. My throat got weird. Burglary. I don't know what his sentence was, but hmm. burglary. So he would like threaten him out loud verbally in front of all these people. And he was like, you know, I'm going to get him one day. Mm -hmm. And apparently he was going to be transferred to another wing of the prison. He found out one night. So he was like, you know, if I'm going to do something, I have to do it now. So he somehow gets past guards, whatever, goes into Stockelman's cell, locks the door behind him. And he had fashioned a homemade tattoo gun. <gasps> So he tells Stogelman pretty much either you can suffer the same fate as Katie or you can let me give you a tattoo. So, of course, he's like, I don't want to die. You know, mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. can never take what they dish out. Yeah. Because they're monsters. So he's like, you know, just give me a tattoo. He's like, OK. So he holds Stockelman down and he gives him a tattoo on his forehead. Mm -hmm. Any guesses as to what it says? Unless you know Deidre, don't say it. I don't know if I've ever heard of this, so so it's, it's you. You got any guesses? <laughs> oh, I don't know. He tattooed in huge letters on this guy's forehead, Katie's Revenge. Oh. Mm-hmm. Huge letters on his forehead. And there's a picture, and I'll post it. Oh, and her cousin got an extra seven years added to his sentence for that because it's assault. Which, I don't know, that ain't that bad. I mean, it is, yeah. but... I'm sure he was like, whatever. Can you blame him? Yeah. And I think the guards, there were two guards that I, I think like lost their job because they pretty much like. Let them do it. Yeah. I looked the other way. Unlocked the door. They were like, listen, go ahead and get in And apparently there was a doctor in an article that I read. It was posted or updated one in October of last year that said this doctor offered to remove the tattoo form. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I don't know if he did. Or if he's still planning to, because I haven't heard anything after that article. But I'm like, why? Just leave it. Yeah. He's a child rapist and murderer. Just oh, let me it. take this tattoo off of... No. Like, poor him that he has to look in the mirror and be reminded of what he what did he every did. single day? Yeah. He's not getting out of jail. It's not like he's going to try to have a normal life at some point. And even if he did, well, that's what he gets. Yep. I'll remove it. No. <laughs> no, you won't, doctor. And if that was my doctor, I'd be like, well, I'm not coming to see you ever again. Yeah, I wouldn't either. No. I'm real mad about this doctor. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it did have a little bit of, I mean, it's not a happy ending because, you know, they lost Katie. But there's a playground built for the guys in jail yeah. for life plus 30 years. Yeah. And now he's, you know, sporting some sweet new ink. Mm -hmm. Or was back in like 2006 or 2005. Good. I hope he still has it. You may need to look up those mugshots they take every year and see if they still mind. <laughs> you still got it? But yeah, I'll put the picture on Instagram, and it's pretty gnarly. Ooh, just the whole forehead. I See, I feel like before you quit on us, mm -hmm. I was listening to an episode about this, a podcast episode. 
And every time I unlocked my phone, like that was the picture that came up. And you said something about being creeped out every time oh. I unlocked my phone because that picture was would pop up. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's this. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's this. That was this. I do remember seeing somebody's face every time. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, who is this? Yeah, every time I don't want to push I'm getting creeped out because every time you unlock your phone, that's what I see. Yeah, it was just popping up. It was just just there. And I was like, ooh. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Wow. And the picture isn't even of his whole face, mm-hmm. which I wish it was because I want to see the look on his face. Mm-hmm. But it's just from like the halfway mark up, his nose up or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, Katie's revenge. I love it. And that's that's it. That's my whole story. <laughs> I know it's a super, super short one. Even though we don't really do mini episodes, this can be a mini episode. <laughs> yeah. The first mini. I'm glad it's just that little park. Oh, well, that's a park. The kids from her school helped design it. Oh, they helped design the playground. Oh, I was doing this and then like I got done typing all my stuff up and everything. And I just thought she didn't get to go to her pajama party that she was so excited about the next day at school. That's awful. Pajama parties are always fun. Bless you. Pajama parties and like Christmas parties in school and stuff. Oh, And she was in the fourth grade. So, you know, it was wit. Yeah, it's the good stuff. See, I my favorite it. teacher I ever had was my fourth grade teacher. I'd say his name, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know who you are, Mr. F. Mr. F. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hope y'all not enjoyed it, but right, found it interesting. Enjoyed him getting that tattoo on his forehead because I sure did. Mm-hmm. Sweet revenge. And it better Katie, still be there. Revenge. Is he still living? I think so, because, I mean, this was just in 2005, and he no, was, no I didn't even put in here how old he was, but he was 38 years old. Ew. Like, they, <laughs> like, they, the witnesses said he looked from, like, 18 to 20, but he's mm-hmm. real tall, lanky. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a distance, you could think he was younger. Yeah, and he was probably driving by in a car, so they just saw his, nothing against pale people. The way yeah. I was about to say it was going to sound like pale people all look creepy. That's not what I mean. Well, I'm but, sure he looks <laughs> creepy. He's like with his pale I mean, he skin. is creepy looking, but. <laughs> Ugh. Just staring off into space. Creepy. And they said that, like, when they saw her, she didn't look like she was fighting or kicking or trying to get out or anything. Yeah. I mean, she's just a sweet little baby. He probably would offer her all They yeah. said it was, like, an unrealistically cold day that day in Indiana. Oh, so she was probably like, thanks for giving me a ride home. A block and a half away from her house. See, mm-hmm. you can't. She just wanted to get toilet paper. Yeah. Her mom gave her like a dollar and ten cents. I guess like one roll of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my little mini episode. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be so short, but there's yeah. just, it's so cut and dry. This is what happened. They found him. He didn't do it. He did. Mm-hmm. Tattoo. <laughs> but I really wanted to tell it because... There's a little bit of silver lining at the end. Yes. Pretty sure I already said that, but whatever. (laughs) That's all right. But if you want to see pictures, and trust me, you want to see the picture of this tattoo because it's awesome, you can follow us on Instagram at Screamin' Sugar Podcast. Um, You can email us at ScreamingSugarPodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, requests, that shindig. Mm -hmm. Tell us your stories, please. Yeah, there's one little mister at work that said he has one, and I told him to write it in, and he ain't done it yet. Well, thanks 
for listening. We hope you keep listening. And remember to keep it sweet. Sweet.